Hello, Everyday Leaders. Tonight is Tuesday. It is March the 30th. We're almost through the pandemic one year and the end of March. Super excited. This week coming up is Easter. Uh, I'm Melanie Ake with the Everyday Leaders Platform, and I'm bringing you some amazing leaders this year that are doing crazy, amazing things in their life to push the envelope, to become everyday leaders, showing us what that means to be consistent in their life and really living life big. Tonight, I've been advertising this. I am super excited. You guys that know me, that have been following me, know that I have a love for ice hockey because I played since I was seven years old. And so my why is challenge. So I've been challenging myself, who are the people in my life that have really inspired me? And I need to bring them on so they can inspire you too. Tonight, I have a guest. I can't say her last name, <laughs> but I'm so excited. Whitney. Um, okay, it starts with a J and it's got a lot of letters in it. <laughs> and I will let her tell you. She is coming to us from Canada. She's amazing. She has worked her way up as a, a coach. She has a development program for ice hockey for women and girls. And I just love her. And so I really want her to celebrate um, all of her success tonight with us and lead us through uh, her journey. So Whitney, thank you very much for joining Everyday Leaders and for being an everyday leader in your life. Melanie, thank you so much. I just from listening to your podcasts and the people that you work with and you help. Um, hats off to you, and thank you for letting me come on and and share a little bit with your audience. So thank you so much. Um, don't worry about my last name; it is super tricky. It looks amazing on a hockey jersey, but um, it's so tricky. It's because that J is silent, so it's actually pronounced Yuskevich, and so that J is very tricky. But it's a it's a giveaway if anybody um, knows Polish, you know, heritage and descent. That W I C Z that is classic, and so that kind of identifies us, but it, it is a little tricky. It's a it's a European name, so Whitney Yuskevich. Thank you so much, Mel. I just. You know, I was like, I'm not even going to butcher it because when this goes on the audio podcast, people are going to understand when they look at the notes here. And go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because my name is spelled with an H as Melanie and I nobody really ever gets it right if they don't know me. And so I always say, OK, I'm not going to butcher somebody's name as much as I try. <laughs> so, But you know what? You are so inspiring. We connected. Your platform is really Instagram. So, um, yeah, I know you're on LinkedIn and, and these other profiles, but you show up on Instagram because that has been a space where you can connect, show your videos and really help inspire some things that you're doing. I, I've loved watching um, so some of the, the girls that are um, have been selected mm -hmm. and they're showing their skills off. And, and so as a hockey player. I love watching that. Like it's a challenge to see what they're going to do, uh, and and so how they're going to elevate their skill set and and to show that off. <laughs> and so um, it's incredible to see what they can do at such a young age. And so absolutely incredible. So I tell us uh, for the people that are jumping on here, you know, tell us where you are right now. Kind of what inspired you to kind of um, you know just being from Canada, but also the love of hockey, the sport of hockey. How did that connect in your soul? Um, yeah, amazing. Great question. Thanks. Um, hockey 
it, it was, I don't know where it really came from. It just kind of came to light in my life as a young player. I think it was from watching my cousin, really, you know what I mean? And seeing almost like the family come alive when we would go to watch his hockey games. And so I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta, and he was part of the Fort Saskatchewan uh, junior hockey team there. And so it was really an event for us to go. And whether it was like a little bit of jealousy or what, I just got into hockey. And uh, I know my mom was not 100% like excited. Um, We're talking, you know, in the 80s. And so hockey was much different for females back then. So she actually tested me and and put me in a hockey camp where I was on the ice almost every day. And I came out of that being like, I love it. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess we're signing up for hockey. And so basically from then it was just, you know, a long history of playing on good high level teams, getting opportunities to play for, um, you know, your, your top team in your city, getting to go to cities and then into Westerns and then getting recruited, you know, as we talked a little bit offline, um, it was really starting to see the American divisions getting funding. And so we were being scouted as Canadian athletes to try and fill out these American rosters. And so there was a huge hype on that. Um, I actually chose to stay in Canada and there's tons of factors. And I I talked to them uh, with families that are making those decisions. And when we could spend the whole podcast, talking about that but you just have to understand um you know what fits your life and fits your family better and so I decided to stay in Canada did university um played for team Alberta as a senior women's and and then I kind of wasn't sure where hockey was going to go for a career and I took a little bit of time away and followed some other passions of my heart and funny enough hockey just kind of grabbed me and pulled me back in and so now currently I'm in British Columbia and I work all over the lower mainland I've been working in hockey for 10 years um I have always been a student and so therefore I've studied the game and gotten my certifications so that I can be the best leader for those athletes that people are now entrusting me and and it wasn't something that I felt I had to fight for it was very um an odd feeling and and in my sister she was very good at kind of bringing enlightenment. She said, you know, if you can find money and funding for your life in a passion and it comes natural, she's like, you got to pay attention to that. She calls it her hedgehog. And I said, you know, I think hockey might be my hedgehog. I was like, it's a trifecta and, and people are giving me positives. So I thought the best way would be to reinforce my education so that I could be better giving back. And that's why I'm a high performance one coach. I have um, a master coach developer trained from Hockey Canada, as well as Hockey Canada skills. I've worked with my provincial program and I've really worked um, with boots on the ground, helping create opportunity for those, those rep or those players that are just, just about high performance. And they, they need that opportunity. They need someone to help them so that they can prepare to that opportunity and um it's it's been growing and and even having you reach out is a testament towards that growth so it's been a wild ride it's amazing <laughs> part of it is you know you connect to the things that are in your soul right and so when I just started watching you on Instagram I thought oh my gosh this is something like if you ever had a dream and you could go back and say I wish I could have focused on this part of my life more. And, and like we talked before, you know, I was just kind of that, that 10 years before. And so there weren't girls playing and girls were not accepted in there weren't, there wasn't funding in high school programs or college programs, especially in the States, you had to be at an upper level school or an elite college to be able to even think about maybe even playing with the boys in a pickup league. 
Exactly. Uh, so for us, you know, to, to know now to recognize, you know, the Olympics and these camps and these skill development um, leagues that you have uh, have available for women and girls, I think is amazing because here, here we are, you know, the month of uh, March is International Women's Day, March 8th. And so I, I really was excited that we had scheduled this for March <laughs> because it's all about empowerment, right? And it's empowering our own beliefs so that we can become stronger. And that doesn't necessarily mean pushing other people aside. It's just yeah. oh, finding yeah. what's inside of us to be able to grow that so that we can be stronger for ourselves and people in our lives, right? Exactly. And that's a huge initiative of, like during COVID, I did a lot of personal training. Um, I got involved with a lot of programs where there was online learning. And exactly that comment you just made where your success or or, or achieving success in your field um, doesn't have to mean that someone else has to fail. And that is a huge life lesson. Like I talk about, you know, the time off away from hockey that was actually in the film industry that I went for another passion, something that I, I felt very comfortable with. And that's why it brought me to Vancouver, but in that industry and something that I recognize now that I've been out of it for such a long time. And I've been away from kind of the mentality of that. It was very much so um, a bit of a, and I don't want to like down talk the industry. It's an amazing industry and I've actually gotten back into it, but it can be a very toxic environment because you are literally seeing the people who get the parts and the people who don't. And sometimes you're that person that doesn't and you're not in the room for why someone did. And so it's so difficult to sit there and go, she was successful. She may even look exactly like me and I'm not. And so what does that mean to me? Am I now a failure? And you have to tell yourself like, no. And it wasn't until I jumped into sports and really started my own journey of, of what I would call like my adult education, where I was like, okay, there's got to be other opportunities where we don't feel this way. And a lot of times that's why I'm creating opportunity for these women, because I don't like that feeling of having to look at a another woman and say, you should be failing so that I can be succeeding. And it takes like a lot of kind of like belief in yourself to even allow yourself to have that mentality for me to have success for you and what you're doing and not feel jealous or envy that maybe like my podcast isn't going as good, you know? And so when you talk about leadership and growth, that is a huge part of the female game is that we have to continue bonding together. And you're seeing that now. And so that's why I feel so, you know, called to action on creating this opportunity for women to come because you don't have to be better than somebody else for them to be successful or for you to be successful. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. I'm going to share, um, I am going to share your development website here because um, I really want people to connect to this. Like if they are thinking about anything, if they're in skill development and they're ready to, to kind of raise their level, um, this is, and, and you can kind of take us through here and I can kind of scroll um, as you'd like, but this is the website that I have pulled up on, on the screen. And so if you go there, this is what you're going to find. And so it's your background, Whitney, of why you do this and, and your history, your credibility, right, of all the, the accolades that you have accomplished. Because really, it's about living your purpose and living what I say your why. And when you find this, you just want to give back. 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that you said you took a break, right? You took a yeah. break from it because maybe, maybe it was too much, right? Sometimes we get so yeah. involved and it's, um, it's everything that we do. And we just think, well, am I doing it the right way? And am I giving it all of my heart? And, and is this, is this maybe something else out there that yeah. I need to be focusing on? So when you transition, you came back into it. What did you change? What did you learn to do differently the second time? Um, a huge thing, and I'm even still pushing myself uh, today, is to just even, and, and it's really difficult because I'm sure, you know, some of the high profile people that you work can totally relate. You're you're getting to those high profile positions because you're constantly looking and you're thinking, I don't want to waste today. I want to make sure that I have, you know, effective actions in, in the things that I'm doing and that they're focused towards what I want to accomplish. But sometimes like, you know, as an athlete, it was okay to be that way. As an actor, it was, it felt okay to be that way. But now where I am, now where I'm more of that leader, the administrator, the director, I'm finding that sometimes that that mentality can be very detrimental. And so one of the things I really had to learn was I'm allowed to always want to be better tomorrow than today. And especially since that's a major part of my job, my work with my athletes, but I needed to understand that where I am today is good. It is okay. And it's not one of these like pat you on the back, make you feel better. It's like, no, no, no really take two seconds to look around where you are and acknowledge that that previous day when you wanted to be better got you here and you are better, right? And so I found that that was a huge strategy that I had to bring into my life is that it wasn't settling. And sometimes people who are maybe overachievers will look at someone and say, well, you're settling. And you're like, well, no, they're actually just happy. Settling to somebody who's maybe very aggressive, it may look like their content of where they are and their happiness may look to them as settling. And so I had to change my viewpoint to not think of where I'm at and being happy with that as settling and that it's not a negative thing in my head. So that was a huge thing is just to be, be satisfied with my presence of where I am now and know that I'm allowed to be better. And, um, and that's where you see a lot of the reflection on the website. You see kind of that pathway of, of where I've come. And sometimes I almost have to go back and just like reread my own bio and be like, Hey, you're okay. (laughs) Like, I know you're not where you want to be yet. You're not the general manager of some super high club, but time out, go back and read your bio. You're okay. And so that was a huge thing. When you talk about like some strategies that I've been using to, to be a better leader, like that's a huge one for me. Um, and visualization is another one. As an athlete, it was really intense when you're visualizing yourself accomplishing the game. So it's not that I'm sitting down and necessarily kind of meditating in a room or or sitting in a chair and visualizing. Funny enough, it, a lot of it happens when you're stuck in rush hour traffic. You kind of <laughs> let your mind go into that. You know, some people call it ruminating, but you have to be careful that ruminating can be very dangerous and detrimental. But, it, but there's nothing wrong with kind of you know, what I do with my visualization is I'm taking in the circumstances, like what's the reality of our circumstances. And so, for example, COVID-19 was a very hard reality for a lot of people, right? What we relied on in our business strategy doesn't always now fall true because we have to adapt. And so, you know, as you're sitting in traffic and you're driving and you're kind of visualizing and, you know, your eyes are definitely not closed, but you're allowing your, your creative and your mental abilities to develop 
almost these realistic images of what reality is, allowing my gut instinct of what I want to achieve and what do I think is a possibility, and then going back to visualization in almost building. So what do you think those pathways are? Like, what do you need to do? Oh, I need to contact this person and not even allowing those fears of, well, what if they close the door in your face? It's like, well, if I'm thinking that already, then I shouldn't even pick up the phone and I shouldn't have any anxiety towards it. I should just forget about it and think that that's not the right pathway. You know what I'm saying? So huge part. And I think I, I learned that visualization as an athlete. Like very much so, you know, and, and so it's where it's something that it's applied into, into my strategies of, of now, how I, how do I even create these programs? How do I even bring this opportunity to fruition? And it's through that, that visualization and meditation, not in the traditional sense of what people think meditation is, but definitely with same principles. If you, if you actually go through and read and listen to the people who are leaders in that. So those are, those are, those are huge pathways of, where I've come from and how I apply in my current day and, and the stuff you see reflected on my website and the testimonials from the players are, are the results. And, and it's funny that you say, you know, tell us Whitney a little bit of how you've been inspiring. I, it's so awkward even to say that. And I'm not trying to minimize any of the impact or any of the work I've done. I don't want to do that at all and make it feel, you know, that it's not valuable. It's just, I don't think you realize that you inspire people until you, you, you know, I started asking, Hey, can I, I want to update my testimonials. Can I kind of, and you're just reading through some of the things that your athletes have said. And you're like, Oh, like, wow. Okay. <laughs> cause, cause you're just busy doing your thing. You're busy. You're busy in the moment. You're in that present. You know what I mean? And you're, you're driving towards something. And I've always had a pure heart of wanting to do no harm. And so when you're coming from that circumstance, whether you have faith and religious beliefs or, or whatever co-values you have, if you're out there trying not to do any harm, I, I always thought that if your intentions were pure, the way will show it. And if you were courageous enough to walk through it, you might find some good things on the other side. So exactly. Well, you know, I read an article on LinkedIn a few years ago and it talked about the strategies that you learn as a hockey player <laughs> that you can take with you anywhere in life, right? Yeah. So every company should hire someone that has played hockey <laughs> because you get strategy, right? The game, mm -hmm. the strategy itself, the skill development, the discipline yeah. that it takes to be able to say, Hey, taking someone from, you know, yes, you may, you may challenge them to say you have to qualify to be mm -hmm. able to come into this camp or this program. However, how they improve, they have to have a little bit of, of knowledge, right, and skill, but then they have to have the passion behind it to be able to get the discipline down. That, mm -hmm. I think, is so important. And people that have never played hockey, they used to look at me and say, you played hockey in Indiana? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, when you, it, it's kind of like, you know, they always say it's in your blood, but mm -hmm. it really is. It starts going through you like, I need to get on the ice because that's the only thing that gives me peace. Like people will talk about getting onto the basketball court. They need to shoot baskets. And so for us, like just shooting that puck and getting and skating and practicing drills, that's what really gets you into that zone. Yeah. I, and one thing, especially with working with females, and I think where I get a lot of parents, you know, thanking me because, you know, they, they may describe it as a breath of fresh air versus the programming that they've been in. But I think when it comes down to it for me is 
being a female, I don't have any fears of pushing. Whereas I think maybe some male coaches are like, oh, I'm not sure how far I can push these women. And I've coached men. Like that's my main, my main actual head coaching job during the regular season is a tier one AAA boys team. And so it is, you know, dealing with those parents that are looking at me saying, I want my kid playing in his own program next year. So how are you going to make it happen? Right. And, and so I definitely understand that mentality of that intense push and but I find on the on the female side when I talk to a lot of parents they're like well we just don't get that same intensity so it's almost like I put a disclaimer out there that says like I apologize if I make your child emotional I am not attacking them personally but what I am do is I am bringing a call to action and even though I bring a call to action I almost always have to have conversations with the females um before my sessions like on the first couple before they get to know me where I say like we are in an arena and and in our sport we actually call it an arena so it's a wonderful translation but we're in an arena where we are allowed and encouraged to be aggressive loud take up space don't say sorry you know what I mean and for a lot of women we are, you know, and depending where what your cultural background is and what your family's kind of belief and cores are of how, you know, being a woman translates into those values, you may be very well told that you need to be quiet, pensive, you need to be um, very thoughtful before you talk, don't go out blurting things unless you've been kind of approached first. And, and we just have all of these things that are kind of against hockey. So when I'm working with my women and my girls, you know, I usually call them ladies. I don't call them girls. I, whether they're, you know, nine years old or not, I'm, I'm already giving them that respect. Hey. Do you know about the Y Institute? The Y Institute was founded by Gary Sanchez and inspired by Simon Sinek. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake, founder of Everyday Leaders Professional Coaching and Consulting. And as the first certified associate agent, in the United States with the Y Institute. Now, Everyday Leaders can help you discover your why. Go to everydayleaders.com and take your why assessment today. Discovering your why is the essential first step of being an everyday leader. You're a woman and you're a lady. Everyday leaders yes, know you're not why. dainty. And I and always say, you know, why. we're not a bunch of wilted flowers Discover here, your why. But you give Find them that permission. We're at everydayleaders.com. And, and I always That's reinforce, everydayleaders.com. there is no female way to play this game. There is no female way to tight turn. There is no female way to shoot. There is no female way to pin or to rub out or to check. We just have different rules. And when you break down the rules of what a body check is versus just body contact, then you can actually give opportunity and say, hey, let the referee make the decision. You just keep going until you think you've pushed too far and the referee will pull you back because a lot of times they don't go too far. They're 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 hands off. And so that's what I love about the arena of hockey when it comes to working with women is you are literally telling them be a Amazon woman, let it out, girl, like go. You have permission, right? You have permission yeah. to play this game with finesse. A lot of people mm. talk about, you know, the the men, if you've, you know, if people are watching this now and they go, okay, I've been to a hockey <laughs> All we do is watch fights and like, that's the entertainment value. But really it's the finesse and mm-hmm. it's, it's really how to move the puck around and the strategy, right? How to set things up. I think that's what it really, for my whole life, I've thought, this is a game that taught me the strategy of not to see where the puck is, but where the puck is going. 
Oh, yes. Where is it going to be next? And so that's like a whole leadership lesson that I didn't understand that I was even learning and stepping into and going, but I just see more. I see where it's going to happen next. And so for you, I just love this because you're helping people see what's next, right? You can see if you can develop at this level, you're going to have so many opportunities. And, uh, And so that's why I think it's so great because of what you've done. And like you said, not just women and girls, yeah. but for the boys leagues. So having to have that communication level of, you know, it's a game and mm-hmm. it's how you play, it's how you approach it. And it's how you see what you can use your skill set to do um, to achieve success, yeah. whatever, wherever you're playing, whatever arena, whoever your competitor is, whoever's on your team. Um, and so I, I think what you're doing is helping influence a whole next generation of leaders. Oh, for sure. And, and a lot of times, like, I think I don't get dismissed in the men's game from my players. A lot of people I've, they've, the parents have shared with me where they've been approached, um, not this COVID season, but in our previous season, when we were on our path to provincials, we made it to what's called the final four. And it's, you know, at all classic cocky competitions is you have to win quite a few games to even get to that. And so a lot of parents um, would have people asking them, so what do you think of your female coach? And they would be like, she's a great coach. <laughs> like there was no indication of like, well, for a female coach, she's great. And I think I get that buy-in from my athletes as well. And I even um, had a conversation with a parent and said like, you know, I don't know exactly what the conversation, but the gist of the story was, well, do you think that they like me even as a female? And one of the parents just blatantly said, like, I don't even think they see you as a female, like you're just their coach. And we're going that way with society that our generation's coming up. Like they don't, they're, they're not seeing those differences. They're seeing, do you have knowledge? Can I follow you into battle? Do you care about me? And that's probably the biggest buy-in that I get because I coach 13 and 14-year-old boys. I mean, half of them, if if you don't accept them where they're at, they tell you to to pound sand and go away. Like, they won't listen to you. And so just even seeing the people that I work with, and that was a huge, huge thing that I learned from my leaders. Like, I didn't just figure out this stuff and grow up and be this way. Other people taught me and I had very, very strong leaders and the best lesson that I ever learned. And I'm not saying that I want to look at people like money, but it was the best understanding was you have to look at people kind of like bank accounts. And I'm, you know, sitting here as a 20 year old going like, what are you talking about? Bank accounts, people. And my mentor was like, if you're taking money out, if you're withdrawing, you're demanding perfect attendance, you're demanding attentiveness, respect, effort level, you know, attention to detail. If you're demanding all of these withdrawals and you haven't invested, you haven't put any type of deposits into those accounts, you're going to end up in a negative. And eventually, just like a bank, they're going to say, we can't give you any more. Like, we're done. And so when I remembered those types of analogies, when I found myself in leader, leadership positions, I was like, how much am I putting into my bank accounts? so that I can demand from those individuals. And so that has always been something that stuck with me. And I make sure whether it's my coaching staff or whether it's my players or even my parent group, right? I acknowledge to those parents that even in this year of COVID that you couldn't come into the arena, but you got in the car, you made sure they got here, you waited for them, you picked them up, maybe you volunteered to help clean. Those were investments. And I need to tell you 
that I appreciate that because I'm going to need you to keep doing those things to help the team. And so that was probably the most valuable lesson, not looking at them as money, but just that concept. What are you putting into your account so you can withdraw? You know, I love that, you know, adding value, because here's the thing. If you play, um, if you're a parent that you have been involved with your kids, or if you have been participating in a sport, you know, basketball, football, you have those early morning practices, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) hockey is different. (laughs) First of all, it's cold in the arenas, right? And it's usually, um, as you get older, it gets earlier and later. (laughs) So on the scale, because ice time is so expensive and it's so critical. And, uh, And so I want you to, if you would, Share what was one of your best memories from a game? As a player or as a coach? Both. Both. Oh. I would love to hear both because there's a different experience, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a player, it's like you yeah. – <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I One of the ones that really stand out, and it's tough because as you get older, you don't know – like if the details are getting fuzzed a bit by your manipulation, but this is what I remember. So I just remember um, it was in my midget year. So that's a U18 uh, division. And so, like I said, we were able to play on the top team of the city. And at the time that was called the Edmonton rebels and we played um, made it past our cities. We were a very strong team. And that was actually one of the seasons that I mentioned a lot of the American schools were recruiting from us. And so here we are at our Western shields and we're playing and we're in that final game, you know, time's ticking down. I cannot tell you exactly what the score is. I don't remember, but all I can remind you as a defenseman in my career is taking that shot. And I know I didn't score the direct shot, but I know that there was enough touches after that. I still, um, I was still given an assist and we ended up winning. Right. So the, the result was we got the win. And so we're winning. And I just remember almost not even knowing if I would be on the score sheet or not and not even caring. But it was something that, you know, our coaches felt that we're going to laminate the score sheet. And, and, and I looked and I was like, oh, my gosh, I helped with the assist on that. And I just remember the energy and, and just the camaraderie. And that is what I miss when it comes to being a player is just those moments there where we don't get many of those moments in, in real life. They can only be really translated into sport. And I just remember like that pressure cooker moment. You're taking that shot. There's a bunch of other touches. Finally, the puck goes in the net and you're just like, whoa, you know, and of course you're a teenager still like you're a young adult. So our emotions are super heightened. And so that was a pretty incredible moment. Um, as a coach, I would probably say some of the, it was two years ago, like the previous COVID year um, coaching my, you know, that, U15 male team and we had a huge rivalry against one of our local community teams as all communities have and and we ended up getting into um, like a three-way tie almost for going to provincials and just that whole series because you're playing you know there's four teams and everyone gets a, a crack at each other and and you're playing against rivals and teams that maybe you know you beat them really bad then they beat you bad and then just having those moments where we're in that are we going to go to provincials or are we not going to go to provincials and situations where there's no class between you and the other, the other coaches. And so like having to ask my actual like manager, who's like a quite broad, big man to come on down and just like stand in between the divisions and like, 
having looks and the classic conversations across the bench to the other coaches and then trying to bite your tongue because you know you're not supposed to and just like the energy of that and then coming out ahead like identifying that this is the kid we need to mark we need to shut them down this way like pulling your kid aside being like listen this is what you need to do and he's going okay and you're like it it, it was just so much fun and and playing that almost matching game where you're line matching you're looking over they're looking at your bench you're looking at their bench you're not sure like are you gonna send that guy out okay quickly you send a guy out this way and then they go oh crap it's that and just that whole thing knowing that you're about to potentially go and and earn your ticket to provincials as a coach that is probably the closest I've been to that same feeling that I just told you about about being the player and um those are probably some of my best hockey moments that I I've had so far nationals with with team BC is a totally different ball game that was a crazy trip but as the head coach running it that that would probably be the biggest one yeah you know it's all about influence and we talk about this so much on the show just about leadership is influence and so when you find that you can connect right if people don't know um, anything until they figure this out and so they don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care yeah and so when you connect with them in that special way and you want to give them those opportunities to earn a place in, in, in the nationals, in the competition, uh, to be able to compete at the level that you had and say, I want to share this. Like, I want to share that feeling mm-hmm. that you have to be a part of the team, to do something that is greater than what you maybe ever thought possible and to share it, right? To share it with people that you love to have um, a memory with and play the sport because it doesn't last forever. No. <laughs> but when it is oh, there, you, you don't realize that, right? That is a very special time. And yeah. those bonds that you have with those people that you are, that you're with on the ice coaches and players um, it's with every athlete, right? You have that mindset and you take that with you for every job, every career, every community involvement program that you are with, because you learned that and you and you believed in yourself at that time and you had so much confidence that that's, I think, something that I always go back to and people say, you know, you show up not like, oh, you're brass, you have to go show yourself as a leader, just you know that you've had something so powerful happen that yeah. it's like take those memories with you, everything that you do. Before you go into that boardroom, you just kind of, I was on the ice, we were at nationals, we scored a goal, Right. That's the thing that you always take with you to remember because you did do it and it was important and you did it with people that also believed what you believed. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most powerful things. It's just that, you know, when we look back and we can look at and dissect um, Olympic teams, provincial teams, national teams, NHL teams, like we can go in any and, and we can go in any sport. You know what I mean? Um when you look at the social environment and and the most popular word that we hear nowadays is culture, that team culture, their company culture, when you're looking at that and you're going, we may not have everybody who knows everything in this room, but we have people who are on the same page fighting for the same cause. They have each other's back. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to show slight vulnerability because someone's going to pick you up and say, listen, man, it's okay. I feel the same way, but together we're just going to get over that. And we're going to be bold right now in this moment. And then after, after we'll be vulnerable again, because we will, 
Whatever we are going through right now will bring up emotion and we will process it. But right now, right now, we're not going to process it right now. We're going to acknowledge it. We're going to move past it and we're going to move in this moment. And those are the teams that are the ones that we make movies about, that we write books about, that we talk stories about, you know, and when you talk about remembering those people that were in those moments, it kind of makes sense that I became a coach and a leader is because I don't remember as much my teammates as much. I remember my coaches. Mm -hmm. I remember my managers, those people in those positions who really challenged me to think differently, to, to, to take ownership for where I was or what I was maybe how I was acting. I wasn't always the most pleasant person. I was a, I was a teenager and someone who thought they knew everything in the world. Right. Like I was there. And, and then I had mentors who were like, just take a time out. Like, let's look at things a little bit differently. Again, acknowledging me for where I was when I was in my life and being like, you're not a bad person or you don't got everything messed up. Just why don't we slightly change the way we look at this and yeah. opened up like worlds to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so it's important. You know, I love that you said mentors because when anything that you're doing, coaching, mm -hmm. um, life, right. Taking this back into people that now take these strategies and they, and they start a career, they start companies yeah. and it's the fundamentals of how you, how you look at something with your mindset to say, who needs to be on my team? If I have the right mindset of people, I can go on any team and play my position because I know exactly what I'm supposed to do when I show up. I know how to play defense. I know who's going to be where when I, when I push the puck to the corner, I know who's going to skate there and then I know where to go next. And it is about strategy. And so, um, you know, a lifelong skill is ice hockey. <laughs> and I just want to encourage people that have not ever tried this, or if your kids haven't ever tried ice hockey before, and you're listening to this now or on the replay, go get involved, yeah. go do this activity anywhere that you are, go to an ice rink and just try it and ex expose your family, expose your, your young kids um, before they try any other sport, get them involved in something that they could love for the rest of their life because it's absolutely changed my life. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and, and that's the thing is like with my company, we don't focus on the top, top, top athletes. That's such a small pool of, of clientele and people that you can influence and work with. And everybody wants to only work with the elite of the elite. But the, but the thing is that I find that a lot of these companies, it's, it's actually easy. It's very easy to work with somebody who already knows how to skate, already knows how to shoot, already knows how to do all of these things. It, it, it's a lot harder for somebody to be able to go in and say, hi, my name's Coach Whitney. What's yours? Oh, Kim? Kim, it's nice to meet you. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, so they describe you as a bubble player, huh? Well, let's pop that bubble and let's get you going. Like a lot of people who write off those recreation players or those bubble players, I find that I take a lot of those people into my programs and they end up on rep programs. And it's it may only be because someone needed to actually take some time. I find that there's a lot of what I call high five hockey practices where they just want to make you move fast. They want to give you a high five and they want you going home so you can say, mom, that was great. Dad, that was awesome. And then when you see them a couple months later, you're like, oh, well, I mean, you kind of look the same, like you were good before. And I mean, you're a little bit better now. Whereas sometimes the people that, you know, are getting the word of mouth out there saying like, 
who did your daughter or your son work with? Because I'm noticing a massive difference this year versus last year. And they're like, oh, well, we were we were with Whitney at Fire and Ice and we did their skills academy. And, and you know, it was really fun. And I, I will be on you as a coach and I will be telling you that you need to do it again and fix it. And then when you finally get it right, I will also be that person there that is screaming and the next arena can probably hear me because I'm yelling like, woohoo, and like making a big deal about a shot that you finally nailed or, you know, a skating pattern that we did like four or five times. And finally you got the information in your body to tell it what it wanted to do and you did it. Right. So like those moments are where I really get excited. But if you've met me for the first time, yeah, you might be like, whoa, she's really intense. And like, why is she stopping me and making me go back to the front of the line? And I'm like, because I don't have time for high five practices. I don't have time for for these, but I do have time for you. I do have time for where you're at and I will help you. And you don't have to want to get to university or to team BC. You might just want to be exactly what you said, a lifetime player. And that is okay. (laughs) That is a okay with me because I miss not being able to go out on my Friday nights and hang out with, you know, my co-ed group of guys and girls and, and just enjoy the game. Right. So it is definitely, you know, something that stays with you for your entire life. And I, don't care where you end up in that career path or even where that enjoyment of the game takes you. Mm-hmm. Right? I just want to take you where you are now. Let's get to work. <laughs> that is awesome. What a great way to spend the afternoon together with you. I know you are a little behind <laughs> us, but you know, it's been so awesome to connect to you live, Whitney. Um, I have just admired you from afar. And when I ask you, uh, it's been probably a couple of years ago, I said, hey, I want you to be a part of Everyday Leaders because I wanted to celebrate your success. You're just pouring into other people to make them better. And that's really what it's all about in in finding your success and then creating significance. And so if you guys are listening to this uh, live or on the replay uh, on YouTube, LinkedIn, or uh, across the Facebook pages, you know, hashtag us and ask questions for Whitney, if you have questions about hockey skill development, if you have questions about training programs anywhere in, in the United States and Canada and the world, I'm sure she can connect you. And, and so I so appreciate your time for just giving us uh, tonight and, and pouring into the values and the strategies that you've learned in your life mm-hmm. and how that can really impact all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the expert in creating all of this from nothing. You know, coaches and the best coaches out there say that we steal from other coaches and the even better coaches say, here, take this information because we all know it's how you apply it. So I I am just working with people just like yourself and we are, you know, just creating more awareness and creating more knowledge and just encouraging people to pull those leadership qualities that are already inside of themselves out and basically helping them give a language and a definition because our language really does define our reality. And so we need to understand that. And 
it can be young for your, I mean, it can be tough for young minds to, to see that. So thank you very much for everything that you're doing for people out there. I know I mentioned to you that stuff that you're doing in your current career are definitely things that I'm looking forward to potentially incorporating in my career. And so I thank you very much. Thank you very <laughs> much for just having me out here for the exposure and, and fire and ice hockey doesn't just do lower mainland. Um, we're going to be in Whistler this coming up summer running some, some camps up there and so if you do have stuff in your community and you're wanting to get um, people out in your community you can always reach out to us um, once COVID's over we can travel farther but but yeah like we're just moving the knowledge around and pulling out leadership qualities and characteristics so anytime Melanie anytime I love it <laughs> I want to get up and see you after COVID I really want to come visit you at the camp and um, I would love to spend some time on the ice it would be so much fun oh, yeah. um, It'd be awesome to get you back on your skates oh my gosh I would love it so if you're listening to this now uh, I know this is going to go on to the audio podcast as well so fireandicehockey.com mm. you can find Whitney on Instagram fire and ice hockey on Instagram, on LinkedIn, um, but find her, connect to her and get all of your questions answered for mm -hmm. yourself, for your kids, for your nieces and nephews. Um, we really want to celebrate the love of hockey. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. And if you're on Instagram, we do, sh we share videos too. So, I mean, if you have, uh, I know a lot of our athletes and players, we've even had people from Dubai, like there are no borders on our social media. So wherever you are, if you want to share the hard work that you've been putting into it, we'd love to acknowledge you and, and share that. So reach out to us for sure. That's awesome. Whitney, thank you so much for your time tonight. This has been just an absolute joy. So thank glad you. we connected and all of the best to you. And I can't wait to come and give you a big hug when we can see each other after COVID. Yes. We'll have to try and attend one of your summits. I'm excited. Yes, that would be awesome. That would yeah. be awesome. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you. And uh, thank you very much for joining. And thank you for being an everyday leader and that is leading people to success and making them believe in themselves so that they can go change the world too. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you so much. This has been a Joe Studios production. <laughs>